Welcome. I'm Hala Abdel Noor, the presenter of Facilitate This, the Group Work Center podcast where we talk with facilitators about their craft with a focus on a different topic each episode. Facilitate This is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and goes out to listeners on the lands of First Nations people across Australia and beyond. A lot of us facilitators work in our communities with good folk who are doing stuff that makes a difference. What can we do to help these groups achieve their goals? Jim asks social researcher and facilitator Meg Montagu what she's learned in a lifetime of working at the grassroots on programs and campaigns and with not-for-profits and government agencies. With us today is Meg Montague, who's a social researcher who spends quite a bit of time herself on boards and committees of community groups and does a lot of work with them as well. How does this social research that you're engaged with, with many, many different community groups and the governance work on boards and committees, how does facilitation and group work skills help you with that work? Yeah, well, as you say, Jim, everything I do actually does involve facilitation, whether it's a conversation, a focus group, a board meeting, a committee, a strategic planning day. I think I I undertook the course in order to hone my skills in working with groups, and it certainly did that. But it's sharpened a whole lot of awareness about what's going on in a group, about what's happening between people, how best to guide and steer people towards a direction or a decision or a contribution. So one of the key things that I have learnt and put into practice every day is preparation is the key. The groundwork that you do before you have the conversation, run the group, Um, chair the committee, is totally key to the outcome. And what are you preparing? The purpose of whatever the activity is that we're doing. And then that flows into the groundwork with the group. So checking in with people, finding out how they are, what space they're in, ensuring we all understand what we're doing and what the purpose of whatever it is we're doing is, where we want to go, Acknowledging some of the tricky things, like some people have to keep their phones on because their child's sick at childcare. So acknowledging that we wouldn't normally do this because we want to focus, but life is real and people need to be reached under certain circumstances. Or acknowledging that we're all feeling anxious because COVID is in the air. Or, you know, so acknowledging the factors that might influence the way in which the group the conversation runs. So all of that I call groundwork. And spending time on that is the best investment I've found because what comes later works so much better if you've done the groundwork well. And it sounds to me when we think about preparation, we often think about are we ourselves prepared for the role? But equally important, as you've just explained, is ensuring that everyone there is comfortable and able to contribute to the best of their capacity, isn't it? That's absolutely right. And sometimes clients have said to me, why all this time to do the setup? Because I might do a plan of what we're going to do. And, and a quarter of it might be set up. 
I say, if we don't do this well, if we don't do this right, people won't engage, people won't be present, people will have different understandings of what we're doing here. I'll be agitated mm. <laughs> and my calmness is critical as the facilitator. Then people do understand, generally speaking, because I've had people say, we thought there was going to be a terrible fight. And by the time we get to the business of whatever we're doing, the groundwork has often settled a lot of that. So I've had feedback that I didn't, I didn't understand how we managed to do so well. And the answer that I want to give is a lot of that is in the groundwork, the setup, the preparation. When we facilitate, we like to think of ourselves as not being part of the outcome or not being invested in the outcome, but actually facilitating a process that helps the group achieve the outcome that it wants or needs. Yes, but they've got to be assisted. That's our role is to assist them to be in the right space with the right support, the right information, the right interactions to actually get where they want to go. Yeah, and some of that is how we actually undertake the facilitation, but some of it is in how we've set it up. Your work involves often affecting or influencing or setting up policies and big directions for groups that would involve changing the space in which they operate. Yeah. Can you give us some examples of work that you've done that achieves that goal of setting policy directions that have real change behind them and uh, that result in, in a better world for those in that group and those they influence? What springs to mind is two contexts. One of them is where you have a board of governance which is striving to set strategic directions and policy directions for an organisation. And that is often quite difficult. And if you're the chair, as in the facilitator of that process, I've seen that work well and I've seen it work very badly. I've been a participant in strategic planning sessions that have gone very badly. Working with people in the community who, for example, a small community group that had got themselves into a state of uh, conflict with various groups wanting to go into different directions, facilitating something like that and bringing people together to understand each other's differences and qualities and all the positive aspects and then working towards a common future is a very rewarding thing to do if you're a facilitator. It's not particularly easy. <laughs> But we as facilitators really have to have those skills at our fingertips because you don't know when that's going to be a conflict situation or a collaborative situation. So you've got to be ready. Facilitating strategic planning is one of the tricky ones because what you're dealing with there is both people who've got a very big vision, a very broad vision, a very ambitious vision, and other people who've got their heads much lower down in terms of what do we actually do on a day-to-day -day basis? And it's bringing those two things together so that you can make a plan for an organisation or a group or a family which encapsulates the vision, the big picture stuff, what we want to achieve, you know, how we want to change the world, but also how we're actually going to do it. What are the 
concrete things that we're going to do that will contribute to this vision. So working to blend the big picture and the grunt work is one of the things that a facilitator can really help a group do. Otherwise, you're just split into the visionaries and the doers. That's right. Say we're a group that is the friends of the local creek. You'll have the visionaries who can see the creek in its perfect form, where there is a viable, sustainable ecosystem that attracts people as well as wildlife. That is a haven for all groups and operates in that way, functions in that way. Then there'll be the doers who say, we need to get rid of the plastic this weekend. And we need a working bee next weekend. Yeah, that's right. And we need all of those people, but we need to harness the best of of everybody so that they can work together. And that's one of the tasks of a good facilitator is to acknowledge the importance of both of those perspectives, both of those drivers, people who want to do big stuff, people who want to do very concrete stuff, but make it so that they can work together as a group and not just split off into, oh, well, you're no good because all you want to do is, you know, pick up plastic. And the plastic picker-uppers are saying, you're just pie in the sky, we're never going to get there. Who's driving my bus? We throw light on why we regard self-awareness of our triggers and inner dialogue as a keystone of our work. So the who's driving my bus scenario when you suddenly realise that it isn't the wise facilitator is often when things are a little bit difficult in the group. And up pops for me when I am aware that I have stuffed up (laughs) by omitting to acknowledge something or omitting to notice a conflict that's flared up. Immediately, my fear that I'm not a good facilitator jumps into the driving seat. (laughs) I'm not doing this well. This is really scary. Now I'm terrified. Now what am I going to (laughs) do? So it's a little tiny person that's really, you know, deep in many of us. It certainly lives in me that I can't do this. And if you let that one run, it will make you want to leave the room. So immediately... (laughs) The wise facilitator has to go, it's okay. This has happened before. It isn't the end of the world. You know how to manage this. (laughs) Go back. Sit down, little terrified Meg. (laughs) And the first thing I find that's really useful is to breathe. If you don't breathe, you're frightened. So a big, deep relaxing breath, shoulders down. It's it's physical. That's the first thing that needs to be done. And then into my mind comes my training, my experience, my wisdom, which is I can do this. I know how to handle this difficult situation. I have the skills. Uh, it will all be fine. And then I can go forward and use my skills. <laughs> but when I'm scared, I can't. I'm going, <laughs> I'm hyperventilating. I'm really scared. I'm sweating. I've lost my focus. Yeah, the breath is the first and most important thing. So you give yourself a moment to get back into your wise self. What else comes to mind for you? You talked about strategic planning and a little bit about governance. What else comes to mind in the work that you do where your facilitation skills are indispensable? Yeah, I think there are a couple of things there, Jim. One of them is the absolute critical importance of inclusiveness. Uh, 
of ensuring that everybody is acknowledged and included. So as a facilitator, we have to be scanning and noticing and understanding what's happening within the group and who's there and and ensuring that people are not drifting off or being ignored by part of the group. So that working all the time to include everyone in the process is really critical. The other thing I think, and I see this as it's quite difficult, and some people have trouble with it, and that is summarising. It's great. You can get people to participate, to put in their ideas, but we've all sat in meetings where that's gone on forever and you don't seem to get anywhere. So one of the key roles of a facilitator is to summarise, to bring people and say, what I think we're hearing is is that right? Then check it out. You're not telling them where they should go. You're summarising what they're saying and saying, it looks like where you want to go is here. Is that right? So that summarising skill is really important. It involves intense listening because you've got to hear everything. You've got to notice everything. But at the same time, at another level, you've got to be saying, how does this fit together? Where is it taking people? Uh, what are they really saying here? So summarising and feeding that back is a really important skill, really important. Oops, I stuffed up. Stuff-ups are learning moments for groups and for us on our journey as facilitators. Thinking about how we recovered and what we learned is powerful. We've all got these. Small community organisation strategic planning day, clients, uh, board directors, um, a lot of people in the room out of the office of the community organisation. So we're in another space. About a third of the way through the day, a person stood up and said, I am really, really angry that you didn't do an acknowledgement of the traditional owners at the beginning of this session. Silence in the room. Meg's heart goes down to her boots, absolutely, totally correct. We didn't do it. There were some reasons that I won't go into, but it was one of those things where I just knew that I had stuffed up. The agency CEO who had briefed me had stuffed up, but it was actually my responsibility. So what did I do? I took a deep breath and noticed my own feelings of fear and anxiety, which interestingly, talking about it, come up again, and then went straight back to my training. Okay, first thing, acknowledge. You're completely right. You are totally on the money with this one. We didn't do it. It's my responsibility. I am extraordinarily sorry, and I feel really ashamed and embarrassed that I didn't do this. And I really want to apologise to you. And so I did a big apology to the person who'd raised it. I also deliberately took the responsibility onto me rather than the CEO who was actually being attacked. The acknowledgement and the apology and the going back and doing it again actually calmed the whole thing. You could feel the room go, ah. you could feel the person who'd raised it go, thank you, yes. So we didn't avoid it. I faced it in fear and trembling, but by acknowledging it, we were able to move forward. 
I would say that an overarching skill that we talk about in facilitation that brings together a lot of what you've talked about is embracing the group and holding the space on their behalf. By way of ending, do you want to talk a little bit about that role in your work? Yes, it it is so important. It's part of inclusiveness. It's part of ensuring that we know who's there. And that's critical part of the setup, the groundwork, that people share a little bit about who they are and what they're doing there. So I, I realise when we talk about it that to hold the space and to include and acknowledge people as facilitators, we're operating at so many levels, intellectual, emotional, we're feeling the emotion in the room, visual, we're looking, we're really watching Who's doing what? what? What's people's body language? What's the feel in the room? Uh, we're listening to what people are saying and how they're saying it. We're also thinking at the same time and holding in our minds, what are we doing here? What's the purpose of this group? Where does this group, they said they wanted to go there. Is this where they really want to go? Are we going along that journey? And then all the horrible nitty gritties, have we got time? Is it lunchtime? Is it time for a break? And and holding all of that simultaneously is a big challenge. And it's probably a lot more complex than many people realise who haven't done facilitation or been facilitators. And that's why they need us, because when you're part of a group that's trying to do that, it's very difficult to be the facilitator and the participant. So often I think we are very appropriately employed to facilitate a group so that they can get on with the business of of putting forward their passion, their ideas and so on. But we're holding the space. We're bringing everyone in. We're acknowledging, summarising, noticing. We're doing all of that. Thanks, Meg. It's been a pleasure holding the space for us here. Thanks, Jim. Facilitate This is produced for the Group Work Centre by interviewer and showrunner Jim Buckle, audio engineer Lloyd Richards, consulting producer Justine McSweeney, supervising producer Mark Spencer, and myself, Hala Abdelnour. We welcome your feedback via email at podcast at groupwork.com.au. For details on our courses and services, visit our website, groupwork.com.au.